Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, Game Master, and welcome to our off-season episodes, Icker and Breath. During this off-season, we will be running a game using the Fantasy Flight Games Genesis system, which some of you may be familiar with from the Star Wars role-playing games that Fantasy Flight has published. We don't have a lot to cover in terms of basics, but I did want to take some time to discuss with everyone the mechanics of Genesis as well as some of the unique elements of the setting of Icar and Breath that we'll be exploring here during this off-season game. Primarily, what's important to know about Genesis is that when dice are rolled, they generate outcomes based on two binaries. There is a success-failure binary and an advantage-threat binary. So success and failure are essentially what they say on the tin, whether or not one succeeds or fails at an action, and threats and advantages are other things attendant to the action that might provide some form of advantage or disadvantage moving forward as a situation unfolds. More or less, every role is going to generate some number of either successes or failures and either threats or advantages. Certain roles might also generate triumphs or despairs, which operate essentially as critical conditions where something particularly wonderful or particularly distressing happens. That's really all there is to know about Genesis. We hope that you can feel the rest out through the gameplay that we have here. It's a relatively simple system and should be not too difficult to follow. Now let's talk about the world of Icar and Breath. In the world of Icar and Breath, magic and technology are deeply married. They cannot be separated. Magic and technology combine to fuel one another. And in this world, magical energies are not universal. They're not everywhere. They only emerge in these pockets known as nexes, where very powerful flows of magic sort of erupt into the world and then bleed slowly out from there. So cities in this world are built along these nexes, where magic and technology can combine to create these wondrous cities that have essentially modern or supermodern technology. In some cases, bordering on the science fictional, and in some cases, bordering on the fantastical. Something that is important to know about these nexes is that each of them is resonant with a particular material called a catalyst. And that material is the thing through which magic is manifest in that catalyst. That means, for example, in certain catalysts, only crystals can generate magic and technology. So all applications of magic and technology in that culture and in that city will be built through crystal. So that informs the culture and the outlook and the very mechanics of technology and magic in a given city. Between cities in the areas where magic is not active or alive or resonant are areas known as the wilds. And in the wilds, people scrape by. Some are exiles, some live there by choice, and some are the brave folk who help to transport folks between cities, guard things that need to move between cities, or otherwise make it out in the roughs to earn their fortune. This particular game will be set in the city of Ao, where metal is the catalyst that resonates with the magic of this nexus. Because metal is so particularly precious and is integrated into so much of the technology here, most buildings and pieces of infrastructure are built from stone or wood, for to waste metal to make those things would be foolish. It is not uncommon in the city of Ao, especially historically for people when they need to undertake a job, particularly one that is physical in nature, 
for one to have their limbs replaced with cybernetic implants that the magic and technology of Ao make possible. Over time, however, alternatives have become available. Piercings pressed through the skin, and even more recently, elegantly refined jewelries that achieve the same ends without the need to sacrifice one's limbs, exclusively the domain of the upper classes. The leader in much of the technology and the advancements in the city of Ao is Ka Technologics, who for better or worse, has a hand in almost all of the goings-on in the city. They affect what comes into the city, they affect the policies that are adopted by the government of the city. Without Ka Technologics, there is no Ao. And it is here, in the city of Ao, where we will tell our story. I think I've spent about enough time ramping you up. Let's get into this. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, Game Master. This week, we are going to be starting an off-season game of Genesis by Fantasy Flight Games in a setting of my own design. We are going to go around the table right now and introduce everyone and their characters. Before we get too far into that, I did want to clarify for everyone the nature of the different sapient species on the planet so that you can make sense of them both as people introduce their characters and as they show up up in the narrative. First and foremost, you have humans who are, well, humans. Pretty easy to understand. Then you have robots who are sapient creatures who have had the spark of sapience imbued with them by the nature of magic and technology in the world. For some, this is an instantaneous spark where suddenly there was nothing and then there's awareness. In the city of Ao, where we are going to be playing this game, it's more of a slow burn to awakening. Then there are the Mgai, who are people made of purple plant stuff. They vary widely in size and shape. Adult Mgai can range from 3 feet tall to 15 feet tall, depending on what life's purpose they have budded and blossomed into after a long period of adolescence. And finally, there are the Dov, an aquatic species who at adulthood come up to about 3 feet tall, and they are something of a mix between penguins and aquatic birds with seals. They are generally round and spherical. They have flippers. Some of them have fur and some have feathers. So those are the species that are at play here. Now, why don't we all go around, introduce our characters, say who they are, what their species is, maybe what their career is, a little bit about them. I am John. I will be playing Local 137. Local 137 is a robot that comes from the city of Ao, where we are going to be setting this. And he is a labor robot was generally what he was built for doing construction things like that heavy lifting he looks like a small version of the iron giant because metal is so precious as a magical material uh, they don't want to spend too much when making them but because it is magical it also tends to be extremely strong so while his arms and legs might seem a little little spindly as far as what you would imagine a like strong construction robot would be he is actually extremely strong he also has rust coloration throughout him he looks to be built more of like a wrought iron with rust around him and has places along his body 
especially his back, that you can see have been repaired and welded over time. And uh, he is currently unemployed as well, because he has been fired for weird protesting for his job. Wonderful, wonderful. How about you next, Chanel? Hi, I'm Chanel, and my character's name is Cleo. She will be a human of species, and we are a scoundrel. So uh, we do a lot of pickpocketing. We keep cool in weird situations. We're good at lying, and we're very stealthy. We got a lot of street smarts. Kind of your classic shady but useful person who gets that job done. And she's average height, slender builds, nothing really noticeable about that. She keeps pretty covered up, but she is extremely muscular. Not in the way that it would seem, but it's martial arts e muscular where a lot of there's a lot of lean muscles and she's got caramel colored skin with a hint of green cosmetic sparkles that are on her skin so in the right light she looks iridescent this is all over her body as though it was a part of her skin tone itself Uh, she has long dark brown curly hair her attitude is very let's get this shit done and let's get it done quick she doesn't stay long in any certain place than she needs to as in location she's been from eo for the most of her life uh she basically calls it home anywhere that she's been before she doesn't necessarily call it home because she doesn't have any substantial roots there that's i think partly why she has so many resources and street smarts of ao just because she's been there for a while and she's kind of figured the place out almost to a math perfect perfect and josette well i'm obviously josette because quindus introduced me And I am playing Philly Akabia, and Philly is an M-Guy from the volcano medical city of Urshi, who has recently moved to Ao a few years back. They are the mad scientist career, and being an M-Guy, Philly is roughly 12 feet tall because they're one of the vine M-Guy. Philly can make themselves a little bit taller or can bunch themselves up kind of like a tangela, but not quite that small. They would still be about an eight foot tall tangela. If they tried, they might get down to six. Philly is an Akabia, which is basically um, that her hair is that plant, which is sometimes used in treating like stomach aches. And as Philly is mad scientist, they are focused on the medical part, which is what they were made for. And they are fascinated with crafting and building and how technology and magic works in the world. So because the M-Guy are physically very diverse, you should clarify for us how human Philly looks. So Philly's face is relatively human shape um, and their torso kind of is as well. But their arms are a series of vines that Philly is able to weave tightly enough together to give the appearance of being arms in order to interact with things the way that more robots and humans do. And their legs are a very similar fashion. Perfect, perfect. And with that, let us get started. We open with a series of sweeping shots of the city of Ao. It is night, and rain is pouring down. 
Ao is filled predominantly with structures of stone and wood. We see several sweeping shots over these stone highways with a single strip of metal running down them, and the vehicles with elaborately filigreed cars moving up and down them. We see in alleys and along streets several people hanging about seemingly with nothing to do, many of whom have cybernetic limbs, arms, legs, eyes, spines. The pain of rust is starting to set in. We cut from them deeper into the city, closer to its center where magic and technology are more fully fused, where more is possible. Metal limbs give way to elaborate metal gloves and jewelry, earrings, circlets, that sort of thing. We cut to a tall wooden building, inside of which we can hear the thrumming of loud music. We cut to a dance floor, where human and guy, dove, and robot alike are dancing to a live band, set on the stage with wooden instruments, playing fast music with syncopated rhythms. And as we move along the dance floor, we arrive at the end in a private booth. In this private booth, we see Philly, Cleo, and Local, and also seated at the head of the table. Though significantly smaller in stature than any of you, the presence that is commanding the table. It is a Dav, a contact of yours, by the name of Iomuo. She, you know, works for Ka Technologics, a company in the city of Ao who is responsible for most of the technology that is used in the city. Most of the metal in the city comes to Ka Technologics to be purposed for different reasons. She sits in front of you. She has small pieces of clay powder and feathers along her eyes and forehead, creating an intense line of direction toward the center of her face. On her fins, she wears an elaborate sort of ringlet that starts at the midpoint of the fin and articulates with these metal digits to the end such that she might manipulate things as though she had a human hand. She has one of these on each of her arms and she is tapping the table in front of you as we enter the scene. Is there anything I can get you to make you comfortable, or should we get straight down to business? My comfort level is fine, though it is loud here. I'll take a round if you're buying. Drink of preference? Surprise me. Water is always nice if you don't mind. She holds up her fin and tacks two of the articulating metal digits together, and the ring of those digits sends her order to the bar. It'll be here shortly, so it's my understanding. I've worked with you before, Cleo, but all of you are amenable to doing the sorts of work that most folk wouldn't care to do, and that Ka Technologics would not like any public record of, is that correct? You don't need to worry about me telling anyone anything. I do not care about people knowing about your technologics. I have good discretion. Good discretion is an asset. Tight lips, even more so. I mean, do you see the lips on my face? And there's actually just a very, very small, thin line that the words come out of when Philly speaks. And as Philly says this, the waiter arrives. A robot, much sleeker in build than local, but with a number of arms. This is a service unit, but sapient. They look to you as they take a tray with a glass of water and a small cup 
of a vibrantly red liquid that almost appears as though the inside of the glass is on fire. They hand the drinks to their respective recipients and says, Enjoy your stay at our establishment. Good day. They turn and walk away. Philly is going to very politely pull the cup towards them with one of their vines and stick in a different vine. They are watering themselves in public as they have grown accustomed to do, which is to say to not dump the glass of water on them. Cleo takes her drink that is on fire. So it looks like it is actually a glass Mm -hmm. and there is a smooth top, like the liquid appears undisturbed, but underneath the top of the liquid, it looks like it's it's just a thing of fire moving around. She looks at it and grins, scoffs a little bit. child's play and she shoots it back the drink itself is very very strong you can feel it burn up the back of your throat as you drink it but if drinking is something that cleo does a lot it's child's play (laughs) it's child's play local tilts his head looking at cleo was that sufficiently surprising uh i don't know do you understand adequately surprising does that make sense for you that's the best i could describe it for me Fair. I'm pleased that you've found my recommendation at least adequate. No disrespect. I just, I've had no. a lot from a, a lot of places. None taken. It's because I find your work to be at least adequate that I have invited the three of you here. Yeah, I think that's only fair. To be honest, though, I would order it again. And I think that's why you've asked me again, so. Precisely. Makes sense. Exactly. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. So. Yep. Let's get to business. And she slides across the table three rectangular metal, essentially cards. There's one for each one of you. And as you take them, if you look at the way light plays over this metal, the information from inside of the card is transmitted to you. Your job is relatively simple. There's been a shipment of metals that we've been expecting into the city that has gone Missing shortly before its arrival at its expected destination. We need you to find that missing shipment and return to us all of our lost product. So Philly still with one of their vines wrapped around their cup and one of their vines dipped in is actually going to use another vine to lightly like tap Cleo on the shoulder and they are going to whisper, Cleo, are we going into the wilds? And they are very excited about this, and you know that they're excited about this, despite their tone. Yep. I'm afraid to disappoint you, actually. I wouldn't have called local here if I needed you to take a trip into the wilds. Just kidding. Oh, that is fine, I suppose. And Philly looks to local, and there is affection in their eyes, but Uh, also... (laughs) I apologize for my shortcomings, then. It is fine. I would not want you to take a long walk. Nor would I. It's okay, Cal. Thank you. There's a chance, I will say, that you might wind up there, but hopefully our analysis is correct and you shan't have to leave the city. Our last known point of contact was an employee of ours at the city's border. They oversaw the transfer of the goods from the pack animals onto the vehicle that was being piloted within the city. I recommend that you start there. Relevant information about the shipment, the pilot, Vedath, as well as our employee, Yorge, are on the planchette I have provided you. Do you have any questions? When do we get paid? Ah, fair, fair. As is custom, we will pay you an 8% upfront to adequately motivate you. And we will pay the remaining 92% upon the completion of the job, should any 
additional or incidental expenses be encountered. Should you fill out adequate documentation, you will be recompensated for that as well. well sounds good to me. I'm good to go. I, I don't have any other questions. Billy nods lightly. If it is good enough for you, Cleo, then it is good enough for me, local. I suppose you would know best. I have nothing further than... That is where I stand as well. Or sit, as it happens. Cleo sits there because she's some... Most of the time she does a lot of jobs by herself. She's known Cal for a long time, so she's used to working with him every now and then. But Philly is just too oddly cheerful that all she can do is just... Uh, all right, let's go. Are you upset that the last time we went out for drinks, it was coffee and not alcohol? No, this is fine. Let's just, let's just go. Car Technologics thanks you for your service. You know where to find me. As she turns her fin and, in a cascade, taps her digits together in a way that creates an almost grating sort of cascade of ticks. And as we see that continuous movement, we cut scenes to your vehicle, Cleo. It's my understanding that you are the person who has a vehicle here. So describe your vehicle to us. Of course. Our vehicle is sleek. It's a 2001 Honda Accord. It's a 2001 Honda Accord. There's a whale tail in the back and we've got spinners. We're fucking driving this thing to the moon. Our vehicle, uh, specifically my vehicle, is all black. The windows are so black that it looks like it blends in with the body of the car. It looks like a regular vehicle would. However, there are, would you say, our technology is advanced to where we might not have wheels and something else instead? Certainly. Okay, uh, there are no wheels. There's not even a space where the wheels should be. It just goes flat, almost like a hovercraft or a hover car, but it's so low to the ground that it doesn't look noticeable that there are no wheels or that it looks like a hover car at all. There is an old school whale tail on the back because she's a bit flashy, but she likes it to be uh, a little street-wise, so she's raced in her spare time, but people on the street know, you know, Get out of the way of this car. There are no handles either. It's kind of just looks like a mold of uh, what a car should be. But it's all uh, you just put your hand in front of where the door would be respectively and it opens. Perfect. So we see a series of shots of this car driving down the roads of AO through the pouring rain, its headlights cutting across the screen before you arrive at the customs checkpoint at the edge of the city. As you park your car, I would love for anyone to make either a streetwise or thermotergy check in order to determine where you might find your point of contact here. I have an intelligence of four and an alchemy of one, and so I'm going to be rolling three green dice and one yellow dice to determine this. Perfect, and it's a difficulty two. So I have one failure and two advantages. Perfect. Is anyone else going to try to make this check? I believe, Cleo, you have streetwise? I do. So you can make a streetwise check at difficulty two if you'd like. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we have four successes and two threats. So two threats from Cleo and two advantages from Philly. Philly, your advantage here is that 
as you are being guided to this office in the checkpoint by Cleo, who's familiar enough from running jobs with the way that these checkpoints work and with the workings of Ka Technologics as a corporation where they are likely to station their inside man. So as you are being directed over there, you find that not Yorge, the Ka Technologics plant, but his partner is someone who you have treated before at your clinic. And disadvantages for threats you find that Yorge is in a fuming temper as you arrive so this is a small office at the corner of essentially a back lot when people arrive they usually are traveling by caravan or with one of the maned tortoises that are pack animals endemic to the planet they switch over typically for either traveling on foot, getting on a bus that is near the station, or into a vehicle that has been left here for them. This is essentially where they will take caravans and search them if they have any reason to suspect that something is not kosher. So it is that sort of portion of a border checkpoint. There are actually a couple of maned tortoises in the area near you right now, soaking up and enjoying the rain. Maned tortoises, for the record, are large animals. They can be used as beasts of burden and also animals for transport. They stand tall, unlike most tortoises and turtles, which are quite squat. They actually have quite long legs and a sort of elongated, strange neck that tilts up, and they have a a large mane of different colored fur that sits around the top of their head, not dissimilar to a lion's mane, but they are essentially shaking their manes in the rain and sticking out their little tortoise tongues to drink it up. The office itself is quite small. It's essentially a station to stand and fill out documentation before sending it off to the next place with a small amount of clutter, but really you can only fit two in there comfortably. It's almost like a parking booth. Yorge is a rugged-looking man in his 40s. He has dark skin and hazel eyes white stubble checkers across his face, and he has a mess of curly hair that is swept back. Josette, tell me about his partner, who you've treated. So your gay's partner is a dove named Manandi, and Philly had treated Manandi and their spouse a couple months ago because they both got the stomach flu which is not great, no matter what planet you get it from. And um, Philly caught it pretty early on, and so they were able to stop Menandi from getting particularly sick because Philly was able to tell that Menandi had contracted the stomach flu, even though they were not showing symptoms, and was able to get them treated. And Philly has a thing where they will charge 10 script or an IOU or a Rokoro egg. And in this case, Philly only charged Menandi and his partner an IOU. So how are the three of you approaching this station? I don't want to presume anything. Local, as they get closer, will look towards Cleo and then look towards the animals and then look at Cleo again. You have this. I'll be back. And he walks over to where the animals are staying and cups his hands and just uses it as a little funnel, getting more of that rainwater into their little mouths. Local loves animals. 
awesome. They more or less immediately sidle up to you and start drinking out of your hands like it is a trough. Cleo nods. She knows this about him, so she kind of expected that right away. And she walks in calmly. At first, she tries not to say anything. She plays the quiet card until necessary. Philly is going to braid one of their sets of vines that is functionally their arm about halfway and then have it spread out into a tiny umbrella above their head because they just had a glass of water and really don't want to be overwatered because that will get them a little sick. And Philly is going to approach with a cheery nature that's very welcoming and warm in their posture and the fact that as Philly is an M-guy, they occasionally emit a pleasant smell for people to be like, aren't I charming to be around? And upon seeing Mendai... Manandi. Upon seeing Manandi, Philly is going to smile, which again is just like a small line, and they're going to say, How are you feeling? It's been a while, and so I hope you're well. And as you say this, you can see Jorge look over from his station and scowl. As he shoots his eyes toward you, you can see that his eyes are replacement. They are two metal spheres of interlinked, chained metal as he looks towards you. You can see the aperture on them with the filigree of the metal inside of his eye tighten and then contract as he looks back to his work. As Manandi turns to you, Oh, hey, uh, Doc, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm back to work. So, (laughs) so is the jokey. So, things could be worse. Uh, what brings you guys out here? Are you going out of town? Doesn't seem like it would with, uh, you know. And he points his fin toward local and the maned tortoises. Oh no, we're not going out of town at all, though you do know I rather like the wilds. And Philly is going to look over to Cleo. Cleo really knows it the best, um, but we're actually here on some work. Uh, what kind of work brings you out here? Unfortunately, not my usual kind. <laughs> Would you just... This is my deal. Manandi, I can take this over. What do you need? We're looking for some uh, missing goods. Missing goods? Mm -hmm. Is this the missing goods that you were referred to by Uomo? Correct. Car technology goods. Heard of it? Did you just ask me if I'm familiar with car technologics? Yeah. I live in AO, don't I? Yeah, I'm just making sure you're, uh, you know, aware of Does the sun rise in the morning? I don't know. Unless you're upside down on your head. Uh, you know, I don't know what you do in your free time. I'm just trying to say, I've uh, met some fuddy-duddies around here who seem to be living under a rock. And I gotta make sure, you know, that's how it goes out here. He scratches at his beard. You can see that his nails are split and torn and frayed as he scratches. Uh, she sees that and kind of is like a little disgusted. I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Come... Take a walk with me. This needn't involve Manandi. Okay, if, if you, you're, you're certain. Uh, before you leave, though, Doc, I, to be honest, could probably use a, another prescription. Jokey is feeling better, but they're still on the mend. So, hoping to get to the pharmacy sometime soon, but script don't come easy. No, of course, absolutely. 
And Philly is going to pull a little notepad out of their bag. And on Philly's vines are these lines and zigzags and occasional dot that sometimes when Philly weaves them together in the shape of arms will make different symbols. And they are functionally Philly's version of a magic circle that will change dependent on what Philly needs them to do. And they are a colored pigment that in Philly's case are a bright pink hue. And so they're going to braid their arm and these lines are going to light up with the occasional circle and Philly has these small rings at the end and the pigment is going to just appear on the page of this pad as Philly draws their finger across the signature line and they're going to tear it off and hand it to Manandi. I do hope Jokey gets better soon. They're such a dear. Thanks. Uh, I'll be sure to let you know. Of course. Yorge walks out of the booth toward the main tortoises and local as he ushers the two of you with him. So let me know what you need to know, but basics are I saw our man, Vedat, come through at the shipment. These are his main tortoises. If you want to inspect them, see if anything's weird with them, go ahead. The goods were transferred from his cart onto the truck that he was going to drive, and he left. Hasn't been seen since then. Didn't make it to his next point. Sounds suspicious, of course. I appreciate you, you know, coming up front with this information. And, uh, side note, do I know specifically what technology, like, or anything? So what was shipped was actually just, like, raw metal. Oh, okay. It is stuff that they are going to turn into technology. Okay. Do you happen to know what his next checkpoint was? Should have actually been the drop-off point. City's the last place he's got to go. But, uh... Who knows? Maybe I heard something about where he was going. Maybe I didn't. Maybe if, I need some sort of incentive to jog my memory. Billy is going to break one of the acabia plants that compose their hair off of their head and extend it to Yorge. How many would you like? Pardon me? Well, they are food and they are good for stomach aches and improving your health. If you'd like, you could try it and turn it into tea. Due to your bad attitude, I could only imagine that you are not well fed or otherwise are in pain. Look, that's kind of you, but I'm not looking to improve my health or even for some extra meals. Ka makes sure I'm fed, but there are certain things I've been keeping an eye on that I don't have the extra funds to procure. Been looking at uh, some bracelets, you know? Thinking about upgrading my suite. And he holds up his arm. And basically around his wrist and forearm, there is a series of six large metal piercings that form a network that he uses as a technological interface. I'd like to do away with the rods. They uh, sting in the rain. That's unfortunate. I myself don't have to go through anything like that. But I will say a fuck no to trying to pay you. You give me this information or we're here to do what we have to do to get that. Uh, that sounds to me directly like a coercion check. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was like, is threatened a skill? <laughs> I mean, there's intimidate, right? That's just coercion. Yeah. Roll your coercion. I'm going to say oh, that yes. okay. the difficulty here is going to be one purple, one red, and one black because of situational modifiers. One advantage, one failure. Okay. You do realize that I'm... Not a contract worker like you. I have a salary. I have job security. All I need to do is tell Iwomo that you were hostile 
to me, and I can ensure that you never see work from her again. From Car Technologics again. You do recognize what that means, right? I'm aware of what you think I think it means, but I could equally say that you are keeping information from Yomo. And to be honest, I think she might investigate that. And because I'm not wrong, I'm not going to get burnt. So your advantage is that the next person to interact with him, because of that exchange, has put him sort of on edge. Mm -hmm. They will get a boost die on their roll. Philly is going to really work their charm, and there's going to be a kind of subtly sweet smell added to the rain that, you know, you almost don't quite notice, but it's like when someone is making your favorite breakfast and it's a little comforting and the smell isn't quite too specific other than the fact that it's kind of earthy, which out here, you know, earthy smells are not unheard of. (laughs) And Philly is going to smile their thin line and say... Now, now, I think that we could all be friends. We just need this information so we can get the goods back for your boss. And we can even put in a good word saying that you helped set us on the right track and that you had even looked into it for us before we arrived. So someone else would be able to help Ka Technologics. Alrighty, so go ahead and give me a charm roll. It's going to be a purple and a red for your difficulty. Because of the blue die that you're getting here, the black has been canceled out. Even though you technically could roll both of them, that beat has been resolved in terms of that threat. So so I will be using one story point to upgrade a green die into a yellow die. Perfect. I failed with a triumph and a threat. What sort of bullshit is this? Philly did not successfully persuade them, but they did triumphly Okay, so first we'll resolve the failure and the threat. Yorge puts his hand to his temple, closes his eyes, and then opens them. You can see the aperture and the filigree inside of his eye tighten to a pinprick. We're done here. You know what I know? You might as well run along. I have a job to do. Ka Technologics needs me. Thank you for your time. I hope that your contracts are renewed. And he begins to walk back to the booth as Manandi steps out. So, I saw you were over there with the main tortoises, right? Yes. Are you looking around about the shipment that they came with, or what? Yes, that's that's exactly why we're here. Oh, interesting. I actually, I got a, uh, a call on my break. I heard that the truck had been spotted recently, or something matching its description. I don't know where, uh, where it was supposed to be going, you know, just whatever, customs job. But uh, a friend of mine down in the crags, well, uh, she says that's where that's where she saw a truck matching this description. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And Philly is actually going to break off two more of the fruit that composed their hair and extend those two as well as the previous one to Manandi and say, I hope that these will help. Thank you so much. I hope that whatever it is that you need looking into this resolves. You know, I'd love to have you back in the clinic. Thank, thank you. And uh, hope you have a good day. Um, welcome to the beautiful city Veo. <laughs> Thank you so much. It is always a wonderful day to be here. Thanks. And she tries to force a smile just because it's a little uncomfortable for her. But Cleo is thankful for this information, but still off put that she didn't put that guy in his place the first time. She feels like it is her job. When given attitude, she will serve it back 
and they will eat them words. Mm -hmm. Local 137 is going to gently pat the head of some of the tortoises and then he walks back toward the booth and looks towards his companions and says i'll return shortly and goes into the booth where yorge is and uh extends to him 50 script oh you were listening then i do not need your information but i would prefer the pain that you feel to be lessened please take this he grabs the 50 script and you can see his face is flush. He was not expecting that. Thanks. Do what you will with it, but Vedant mentioned that he needed to get a bite to eat before he finished the delivery. Talim's Barley and Buckwheat Bonanza. That's where he was headed. Thank you. Try to be well. And he turns around and walks out. As local walks away, we cut to the three of you gathering back at the car. The information you now have is that the truck was seen in the Crags district and also that Vedant was going to a restaurant by the name of Talim's Buckwheat and Barley Bonanza. Well, at least we have some kind of image of the truck. I believe that if we go to the Craig district we may be able to find someone else that i know who will do us a favor or else maybe find the remnants of the truck we should also look at the buckwheat bonanza i do not like the buckwheat and barley bonanza they always look at me weird when i ask for water i say we check out both places and go wherever we can to find the shipment i'm gonna go with Talum's Buckwheat Barley's Bonanza first. I know either way we're going to find some kind of lead, but something's telling me because you gave them money. We should go with that one first. Don't think I didn't know what you were doing, Cal. Just spend your money how you want. But I'm telling you, the next time you want me to help you pick out some kind of animal, I'm going to say you're cavalier with your finances. I do not need it mostly for myself. He was in pain. You're too good for this world, Cal. Local has a big heart. Knocks on his metal (laughs) chest, perhaps. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or Quinn, feel free to send us an email to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. It's a great help and always helps get the word out there to more new people. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod, and I hope you have a wonderful week. See you next Tuesday.